They say winning ain't everything. Well, we don't have them tight conversations over here, man. Had that conversation with the losers. We trying to win at everything we do. Even in the loss, we don't see defeat. We see a lesson learned. Straight up. Look, I came into this world in 1978 The doc looked me in my face and knew I was something great 45-42 Prescott, that's where I'm from Grew up in the slums around dope dealers and bums As humble as I was, I adapted to my habitat In my own lane though, far from where they crashing at Dumb bar graduate, the game out of mastered it Served in the Navy, look, y'all don't know the half of it Pops passing no one, moms passed last year I know they up in heaven smiling down crying mad tears Cause they saw I'm making it, no telling where I'm taking it My city been cursed, but I feel that I'm breaking it Coach that went high in 15 in one state Seen the fork in the road and went straight I know what I'm worth, I'm OG King Kirk, Brooklyn Nets gaming crew legend, let's work. Hey, this is OG King Kirk, your host of the OG Two Cents Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you who continue to tune in each and every Sunday. We truly appreciate it. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button, like, comment, and share it. Uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, helps us out a lot. Uh, links are in the descriptions for all available streaming platforms. Let's remember to continue uh, to stand up against any forms of social injustice and racism. And this episode is brought to you by Zenny Blocks. Make sure to armor your eyes with Zenny Blocks, virtually clear blue blockers. It's important to protect your eyes from the harmful blue light from your digital screens. So you have less eye strain and that makes for better sleep and performance. Check them out at zenny.com gaming or follow them at Zenny Gaming on Twitter and Instagram. This episode, episode 53, from bros to the pros, uh, finally got my best friend, my brother, uh, my business partner, LT, on the show. Uh, he's the creator. Let's not get it twisted. He is the creator of the MPBA. I came along after he had this brilliant idea. Um, he's the creator of the MPBA. He's also was a draft analyst for Bucks GG in season one of the NBA 2K League. And now he is the highly successful GM and head coach from Mass GG. So without further ado, LT, how you doing, bro? Man, what's good, Kurt, bro? The good old OG, man. I'm living life. I'm feeling good. I appreciate you for having me. Um, ready, to, ready to chop it up with you like old time. I think for everybody watching, it's going to be like uh, us just – uh, going back and forth podcast or whatever, but but to me, you know, it's a normal combo for us, man. You know, you already know how it goes, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, for the most part, everybody know like kind of knows our our story and and how we got to where we are. But you know, if you can, like, take us back, man. You know, you from Mississippi? Yep. You know, grew up athlete, everything. Went out to the military. Talk about that for a second. Got you. Say no more. So, um. I kind of call it my story. Uh, my story, I'm from Gauche, Mississippi, small town uh, on the coast of Mississippi, about about an hour 30 from New Orleans, uh, probably about 10, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes from Mobile, Alabama. So basically uh, growing up, um, I was a ball player. I played football from five, from four years, pretty four years, four years old, all the way throughout high school. I was known for playing ball and everything around football. Um, play little league uh, in the city Baycott. That's that's pretty much where I kind of hopped on the scene and kind of was known around around my town. 
Um, played for a little league team who won a lot of games and won a whole bunch of games. Um, traveling around little leagues against other city. You know how it is with like Pop Warner, little league. That, that's huge everywhere, definitely in the South. So um, people knew me as that kid that scored all the touchdowns. I played halfback. I was, I was, I was a monster in Pop Warner. I, I scored six, seven touchdowns a game. So um, throughout middle school, uh, just growing up, I was just known as the pretty much. It's called Baycott Park. Was the name of our. Uh, a little pop Warner, a little pop Warner field that everybody played at. So I was pretty much known mostly for playing ball um, throughout middle school. Um, pretty much the same thing. I think in middle school though, I kind of started discovering other things about myself. I started getting into like anime and video games type crazy. So um, I started standing out a little bit more for the kid that like to do, you know what I'm saying? Other, th- other things other than just the typical things that an African-American uh, male be doing uh, throughout middle school. But on top of that, I was still I was still the kid running all the touchdowns. Um, we were undefeated our eighth grade year, uh, basketball and football. Um, eighth grade, like I said, I played halfback for the football team. I started the two guard for the ball team. Uh, we ain't lose no game. Uh, basketball, love football there. So uh, I think I rushed for like, 1,300 yards uh, my eighth grade year, something crazy. We won every game by a lot of points. I only played the first half. Um, so reputation-wise, throughout my town, it was just football, football, football all my life. Got the ninth grade, uh, got moved up to varsity. Um, and that's where everything – that's when I started discovering even more about myself. I, I kind of hit a, a streak the way it was like 2K was a little bit more than football to me, and video games started becoming – more my thing. Um, I'll be real. And I only said this to a couple people throughout my life. I hated football. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of tough when everybody know you for one thing, you slowly start discovering that you, you really weren't messing with it, man. So um, South Mississippi, humid, crazy humid, put your helmet on, hit somebody, run around the field 50 times. It it wasn't fun. I ain't really get tackled much because I was um, a little better than everybody else. But uh, throughout that process, um, craziest part about that I really learned like my biggest life lesson man my I, I had a stepdad growing up and he told me he said he I'll never forget it never forget the words OG he looked at me he said you come in here after practice or whatever and you play this game all those kids that you three times as fast as they working and they gonna catch you one day and I said you know me as a child I ain't care but I was like okay I'm about to play the game so uh, got to high school, ninth grade, moved up to Varsity. Amazing success there. Uh, started Varsity my 10th grade year at receiver. Um, the the halfbacks we had in the 12th grade, they was pretty they was pretty athletic and pretty good there. So I didn't get the halfback position. So I went to receiver um, with everybody in town. Knew I was going to be something real big. But uh, throughout my 10th grade year, I dislocated my shoulder and it all went downhill. Um, so I, I was that kid who showed the popped out area of the play from there. Um, so I started receiving my 10th grade year. Uh, did pretty good. Probably had like four or 500 yards receiving, uh, in and out, depending on what said, uh, what formation we was running or whatever the case. Um, 11th grade year, uh, started halfback, of course, had an amazing year, but I think I only played six games because, uh, had shoulder, shoulder was crazy. I play a half, shoulder pop out. I can't go in for the rest of the game. Uh, 12th grade year, I was finally back on schedule. By, but I ain't going to lie to you. By 12th grade year, all them kids had caught up to me. But they didn't have my brains. I was a lot smarter. So I ended up having like 700 rushing yards and uh, like six, 700 um, 
whatchamacallit yards, uh, receiving Same. yards. Yeah, receiving yards. So, um, But I also didn't play the last four games of the season. High ankle sprain took me out. Um, random random practice, crazy. You know how it is the day before practice. You go through your walkthroughs. You got shorts, helmets on. Uh, one of the little dudes, a little ninth grader, he had been moved up whatever case. He wanted to get his name out there. So he, he hidden despite everybody having uh, shorts on. He caught me around my ankle. I tried to juke, ankle twisted. Doc say you done, uh, high ankle sprain, like grade, whatever. It was crazy, but uh, that was my last game in high school. So throughout there, I had a, a couple walk-on opportunities. I went to one trial, made a walk-on opportunity, went went to college, played uh, probably three weeks on like uh, kind of like the practice squad uh, slash main squad. Then I just hung it up, man. It was it was it was tough for the people around me um, because that's what I was known as, and um, I was known as that and the guy that played two K. Um, so. From a 2K perspective, um, I started in 2K9. Started in NBA 2K9 as like really going crazy. I never forget it. I was in seventh grade at the time. Uh, my mom went back to school and I think she got a refund check. Um, so she took me to Walmart and it was crazy. Uh, crazy because I, I think about the decision. I talk to my mom about it all the time. I say, uh, if you would have had that extra $100, I probably wouldn't have met OG. I probably wouldn't have met everybody. Cause basically what happened, um, she had, she had just got a refund check. She was only trying to spend so much money. And back then, I think the PlayStation was, I think it was $4.99 and the Xbox 360 was $3.99. And she said, son, I can only get you the 360 right now. Um, you know I me, mean? I was a kid. I was, you know what I'm saying? I was younger, so I was a little upset, but I got it. Um, she bought me 2K9 the same day with KG on the cover. I had already played 2K and was pretty good, but it was at my homeboy house in the neighborhood. This was my first system. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I was super competitive. So I came home. I got the game. I didn't go outside for two weeks straight. I didn't tell nobody I owned the game because the 360 was still kind of new back then. And by the time I started letting people come over and play, I, I was dropping 97 with LeBron. I'll never forget LeBron, uh, Delonte West, Mo Williams was on that uh, roster, and I was I was the hood star. Couldn't nobody beat me in the hood, man. So went out through there playing 2K. So um, that was another part of uh, part of me. They knew me for playing football and uh, kind of playing 2K uh, throughout my um, throughout my high school career and then whatever the case. So I went on playing for money around the hood, driving to other cities, doing my thing, beating people. I rarely lost. Um, Got to college the first two weeks there, a uh, month there that I was there, because I was only in college probably two, three months before I kind of realized it wasn't for me. Beat everybody on campus. Um, it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But um, went through a couple rough times about a year after high school, um, just young, trying to find myself um, and exactly what I was passionate about and what I wanted to do. Um, so for me, uh, I ended up uh, choosing the military, man. Um, I think I was in a decent state of mind, but it was more of uh, I still needed guidance and I still needed that straightened path that school and things like that provided for me. So uh, that's why I decided to go to the military. And then it was the whole part of like, I didn't have the best financial upbringing. Uh, my mom did everything uh, she could and same for my stepdad, but I, I was a guy that always wanted things. I don't mean to sound stereoty uh, stereotypical, but 
I want the nice shoes. I want the nice video games. And so a military was the way that I could go and get those things and also help my mom and provide for my uh, little sisters back home. Uh, a little bit on my background, man. I, I, I got all sisters, bro. I got seven, seven sisters, seven sisters. I'm the only boy and uh, five of them are younger than me. So uh, it was, it was more like big bro. I need to provide for them. So the military gave my, myself and my family very good financial stability, man. It's, Guaranteed to get a check, no matter what, as long as you ain't doing that knucklehead like. So um, that's what led me to joining the military. So uh, let me ask mom. you something though. What's up, like, bro? Like, what made what what made you choose the Navy though? I, OG I ain't gonna lie to you, and I uh, I rarely ever told people this. I went to the uh, recruiter's office. I had a homeboy that I used to play ball with and just run around town with. He was joining the Navy or whatever for whatever reason, but. I had other homeboys joining the army. And then um, my AFAP score was actually able to go. I was able to go to the air force also, but they was never in the office. I ain't gonna lie. Everybody was telling me to go to air force. It's easy, quote unquote. But every time you go to the recruiting office, they was never there because people want to join. So they ain't never have to actually go out and recruit. <laughs> so so <laughs> right, right. in the office, it was Marines, uh, army and Navy and I, any, many, many more. And I chose the Navy. I pointed to one random one. The Navy recruiter happened to see me first when I walked in and uh, he asked which branch I wanted to go to. And I seen him wearing blue. Blue is my favorite color. Looked around <laughs> and I said, yes, I talked to you. So uh, ended up going with the Navy, bro. So um, what'd you, now what did you do? What'd you, uh, what was your rate? Uh, my rate, I was an aviation boatsman handler. Um, my main job was to work the airport. Uh, I did everything from the guy with the wands, you know, coming in to working the terminal, scanning people bags, to riding a Ford lift, uh, picking up weighing luggage. Um, I didn't, I didn't uh, picked up, put, put luggage on the back of big commercial airplanes, big military planes. I didn't land helicopters. I didn't did everything. And um, crazy part of, about me joining the military. And when I got in, most people, if people aren't necessarily familiar with the Navy, when you go in, you go to sea duty. Um, nine times out of 10, you go to the middle of the ocean, you go on some deployments. But the rate I chose, there currently wasn't any bunks on the ship for somebody my rate. I came in as an E1, ultra fresh. Um, I, I didn't think about joining the military, bro. Like up in the height, didn't think about it. I, it's just I came on hard times and I was like, it's a way to get out. I mean, throughout high school, I used to see the kids with JROTC and I was like, ha, I would never do that. But so um, I ended up going to shore duty in the military for my first tour. So um, shore duty, if, you, if you've never been to Navy, it's basically most of the time it's a reward for working so hard at sea. You get three years to where you're not going to be deployed. You, you get to hang with your family, your kids. You still work hard, but you just don't got to worry about the deployment part of things. So I went to a command that was ultra laid back because – ABHs at sea, they work abnormally hard. So their shore duties are very laid back. So I went from, uh, I think I was 19 at the time. I went from like really trying to find my way in, in a small Mississippi town to joining the military. And I never, I never forget, I got on base. Uh, my ABH1 petty officer picked me up. He brought me to base and he was like, yeah, it's chill or whatever. And I'm like, all right, chill. I'm guessing I'm gonna get off at 3.30. First day of work, I got there and I got there at uh, 630, no, 645 for muster. And we went home at 1030. 
and that was my schedule for two years. Uh, I, I got to work at six thirty, and I got home at ten thirty. New kid in Virginia Beach, nothing to do, and it was like two K. Here I come. So, <laughs> so, you know what's wild though? What? I, I was stationed in Norfolk, but when it came time for me to reenlist, um, I only reason I didn't reenlist is because my dad passed away. But it, yep. I was on my way to reenlisting, and guess where I was about to be stationed. In, in yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, you was coming to the city? Yeah, like I because I was a um I was machinist mate, so I worked at the bottom of the ship. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, but so I was tired of that man, hot down there, all sweating all all the whole time, hundred plus degree heats and everything. So I wanted to be a storekeeper, and uh, that's where the A school was in uh, Biloxi. So. I, I was already like had my mind set that I was about to reenlist and then unfortunately my dad passed away and then that's when I, I got out. So it was like it's funny, I was on my way to Mississippi. Uh, what's your what's your what's your wildest uh military story? My wildest military story. Because I got one from boot camp, bro. It's... Let me <laughs> let me keep it, let me keep it clean. Oh, that's a great question. My wildest. My wildest military story. I would just say, uh, see, I, I don't know where I want to go with this, man. Uh, I, I would just say the, the ship life. The, I can't give you a story, but I'm going to give you the ship life. The ship life is, is different in terms of the way you're living, um, in terms of side hustles, in terms of being in the middle of motion, uh, middle of the ocean, man, I knew you got to make 15 K in, in a span of like six months doing laundry. Like whenever you got no bills and you're in the middle of the ocean, 15 K in six months is, is pretty amazing. Literally just doing people laundry, um, from, from the poker games to the, to the fights, to, to everything it, it's absolutely crazy. But, uh, I, 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 it's more of an offline one for this one because I done seen some crazy stuff, man. What about you? <laughs> nah, boot camp was the worst one. Like, we, um, we about almost finished. We, like, we, like, hitting right before service week or whatever. And we on our way to the chow hall. Man, we get in there. You know, you can't talk. You ain't supposed to talk or, or say nothing or whatever. Um, we go through the line, bro. It's the best dinner at a whole entire boot camp, bro. We had steak, baked potato, like cake. Like, I mean, it was, it was the best dinner ever in boot camp, bro. We sit down, you know, it's about, it's like 50 of us. So we go through, sit down. I take like a couple bites of my steak. And um, man, I'm, you know, I'm having a good time. <laughs> like, cause yeah, you know, yeah. that food be, that food be garbage. Man, I took a couple bites. RDC come in and say, Everybody get the fuck up. I'm like, like what? Like, he like, get up. Like, everybody get up. Throw your food away. Bro, imagine everybody on both sides of the table hurrying up, throwing food in their mouth, like all this and all that. And uh, he said, um, if you got time, if you got enough time to talk, then you don't have more than enough time to eat. Come to find out, bro. Two dudes was in the back of the line talking while we was getting food. Bro, hey, everybody, hey, as they picking up their food, they they throwing stuff in their mouth. We walking to the line, to the trash, yeah. throwing, a, throwing stuff in their mouth. 
because you know dinner time like four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't eat you don't eat again until like four in the morning. Like so, man, bro. I, I swear, I, I shed a tear, bro. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> on our way back, we brought you back to, you know, the, to the barracks, man. I'm like, uh, I said, this can't be legal. Like, man, we literally about to starve, like, into the morning, man. And I don't know, I laugh about it now, bro, but I'm telling you, bro, I I, I literally shed a tear, bro, my, I marching all the way back, man, because I'm thinking, like, man, we ain't going to eat again until, like, 4, 4.30 in the morning. I said, man, this is trash, bro. <laughs> like, Yo, it it's crazy because I think once um when when you was going through uh y'all used to have to march to the chow hall type crazy. I heard that's what the RDCs used to say back when I went through. Our chow hall was in the same building as our barracks, so it was oh, like, oh man, y'all, y'all. <laughs> I heard I heard them old school march used to be crazy. Hey, bro, you talking about Great Lakes, Illinois? It's burnt, like it's scorching outside, bro. Like the winters was horrible. Yeah, but because now I went, I went to boot camp in the summertime, but I went to a school in the wintertime. So I caught both because you know, mm-hmm. um, it's right across the street. A school is right across the street, depending on what you was going for. Yep. So as soon as I graduated boot camp, uh, I went across. Man, but man, the summers in Illinois, man, it was burning up. And you talking about dungarees, boots. Even though you got on short sleeves, I mean it's burning up out there, bro. Like, and we had the worst, we had the worst marching team ever, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we never won. We never won anything. Did, like, did they do the uh, the A Rock R Pock back then? <laughs> yep. Yep. Bro, I, bro, it's crazy. You mentioned dungarees. Uh, we used to sing. Our team used to sing a song and mention dungarees in the song, like one of our marching songs. They had retired them by the time we got there, so we we singing it. We don't even know what the we didn't even know what they were. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, y'all y'all probably had y'all had dickies by the time you got. There. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We was we we. Was hey, first. but I'll tell you what though, those dungarees on on, on the girls though, like oh, that's crazy. Like, uh, yeah, that was the only highlight of boot camp. Like, mind you, I like of course we go through boot camp. All all women, all guys. Now when I went to the ship. Uh, I was on the L. Uh, the L. The what was it? The USS Ponce LPD fifteen. Okay. All guys, like the like the only women the on whole the ship. ship. Yes, the only women that was on the ship was officers. Everybody else, it, it was it was all guys. So it was like the only time I really got to see uh, women prior to was when uh, obviously when you work during service week. That was the best time. It's like you can you can be yourself, you yeah. can talk, you can you it was regular life. You just get up and went to work. But uh when I went to uh A school, that was like college, like and it, it was wild, like bro. <laughs> uh, bro, A school with everybody with everything so pent up from boot camp, it just ain't been free. Like people was going crazy, crazy, like absolutely nuts. Yeah, man, like <laughs> That was some fun times, man. And and like it's that's even the the, the funnier part of our story is like we served in the in the same service, like even though we years apart and different stuff like that. But man, swinging it back to two K for a second. Okay. Like obviously, you know, we you was working in the league, I was working in the league. You come up with this, you know, at the time we didn't know what it was, but it ended up becoming a genius idea. Uh like talk about 
the thoughts of us, you know, going from working in leagues, we finally met, hooked up and started playing together, and then boom, you get this spark one night to start the MPBA. Man, I got you. I got you. Um, I ask you. Uh, I'm sure y'all know. I'm sure you. Uh, you interview uh, Dietrich. Um, everything for me kind of started with the SBA. I, I never forget it. I was playing with my boy uh, Vietnam. Me and Vietnam have been playing faithfully since like 2K11 uh, with game battles, uh, playing twos, threes, whatever the case, uh, team up leagues. Um, and he said, yo, we was in a party, normal night. Um, back then it was either team up leagues or my leagues. So we was in a party. He was like, yo, uh, somebody added me to a group uh, on Facebook and they, and they playing a rec league. I was like, the rec league, league in a rec. Like, what? What are you like? What are you talking about? So my boy Nam uh told me, but I was like, yo, add me or whatever. Cause I was the only back then, uh, you know, my brand NTOF, I was the only I was the main one kind of running things for us. I was kind of the point guard. I organized that we was playing in leagues, what time people was getting on. A lot of work nowadays, you know what I'm saying? But now I do it professionally, but I couldn't, but it off subject. So I get in, I, I talk to Dietrich or whatever, I say. Hey man, I'm looking to get a team. Uh, I see you was in the Navy. Uh, yeah, I think these are was the Army or was the Navy. I want to say he. I want. Yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, he. I mean, I want to, and I should remember this, but I want to say. I mean, he most of the time he was stationed on Air Force bases, so I want to say Air Force. Like, I mean, naturally, yeah. that's what I want to say. Yeah, I knew he was a military man, so we had that connection. I was like, hey, bro, um, I got some boys that want to hoop or whatever, so. Time went by, whatever. He hit me. Um, and he was like, Yo, I think it was him or Desmond, whoever. They hit me and they was like, Yo, it's your time to come up. Uh, do you got your team ready? Do you got your, your roster ready? I said, Yeah, we ready, or whatever the case. Um, but me and my boys had to adjust because back then, uh, his league, they had the anti cheese or whatever, couldn't right. use certain jump shots, couldn't use certain hesitation. So we had to dumb it down. And we sucked. We got in. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm a god, I'm a baller. I ain't going to lie. I ain't the type to be like, eh, but I was a little better than my boys. So I'm averaging, you know what I'm saying, 25, 30, 35. It's 2K15 easy to score. But we're in the game with 40-some points because they was they had on all funny jump shots or whatever. So me, absolutely falling in love with what, what was going on. Uh, I asked Dietrich. He asked me whatever. Could I run the G League? And, uh, I went up and I uh, took over the G League side of things because they had a long wait list or whatever. So – um. I'm running teams playing. I'm, I'm saying what teams uh coming up, what teams not coming up. And, you know, what's crazy is uh, uh <laughs> one of my first teams I had in the G League was Big West. Big West and his team, uh, all, the, all the country boys he brought in. Um, he was he was in the G League, uh, him and his boys or whatever case. So Big West came in, and he was rocking or whatever. He was doing his thing. They was decent, but they he was real, like, more professional, more on top of it. So I let them move up or whatever. So I took him from the G League directly up to SBA. So I did maybe uh, four or five months at SBA, maybe a little less, maybe a little longer. Can't necessarily remember at this point. And, um, it died, died. And from there, um, I think where – where the MPBA honestly stemmed from, it was the fact that I, I seen what the SBA was doing, but I wanted to take it a step further. There was so they capitalized on kind of the base model, and uh, shout out, I mean, shout out the district, I, absolutely. I, I seen what they was doing, and I and I built kind of off of that for the most part a little bit, but it was more of they they doing the base model 
basketball like it's 1960, I can bring it real modern. So we went from statistics. We went from um, news articles. Shout out to you. And it, it started off more bare, like season one, as in kind of doing something similar. But we slowly started started reaching back to restrictions from there, um, starting in season two. And then one thing that took us and, and, and catapulted us up further uh, we made the right connections early with the competitive players that was just better than a lot of the players that was playing in uh, the other leagues on Facebook or whatever the case. We got the Dimes. We got the Demon JTs. We got – it, it was it was multiple guys from that other side that was actually a lot better than anybody in those leagues. We mixed the, the casual community and the competitive community together to make one central community. And, uh, by season three – so first two seasons went on pretty much without a hitch, but it was still another level we could bring in. And that's when um, that's when we brought you in. Um, I think currently before that, we was playing – I think we was on the SBA roster together. Yeah. Uh, I'm moving kind – of, kind of moving too fast, skipping over things. So, throughout that SBA process, I, like I said, four or five months, but a, a normal 2K season go about, um, about three weeks. So, we played probably four or five seasons in the SBA. And throughout then, we started our first season, me, Nam, ASAP, Bowser, probably probably went like three and 18, something. <laughs> we, we was horrible. It was just me. And then Nam, he was playing like some point guard, a little bit of center then, so he wasn't the player he was today. Um, he was still good, but he wasn't where he at today. Now he better me. But um, So we went from there then to the next season, picking up a couple players, a couple of my boys falling off, real life hitting them. Uh, having babies, children, the whole nine. So I'm still in the thick of things playing 2K. Got a little better, got a little better. And then I remember the season we picked uh, OG up. OG, um, remember you was with ABL and you was telling us the differences between the leagues or whatever the case. I think ABL was on the hiatus also where they was just now ending. Um, you actually play, I'll never forget the first time I, I heard of OG and met him. He was actually playing with, uh, they was on the Mavericks. It was email shots. It was OG. Yeah, it was yeah. it was Paperboy. Paper it was Paperboy. That was yeah. I was like, man, I hate this team. <laughs> we can't beat them. OG was sitting there with the Monte Ellis jump shot and the, the mountain boots, like smacking threes with a Monte Ellis jump shot. You know, Monte <laughs> Monte from Mississippi, so I know Monte Ellis jump shot because he from Jacktown. He from he from up there, in Jackson. So so I knew about Monte Ellis jump shot. And I said, man, who is this dude? He hitting all the shots. He getting all the rebounds. So. I never forget we could we couldn't beat y'all and actually that season uh I think y'all end up losing like like in the final four to uh Brother Pride now back then. I don't even think people knew that was them. Uh brother let brother pride. Man, let me uh, tell you though, and that's it. I was playing I was playing at the at, at work uh, at the group home. Signal was trash. Paperboy signal internet was trash. Like we let like we was lagging like out of control and ended up getting upset. We had we was like twenty two and one or something like yeah. that, and ended up getting upset. <laughs> Bro, I know for y'all, y'all was totally undefeated because back then, like I said, it was like it was like basketball in the eighties. Like a lot of things was like kept on like Google Docs, Google Sheets. You just click the link. It wasn't no websites or nothing back then. And I remember I checked the Google Sheets. I was like, man, these dudes beat everybody. Yeah, y'all was beating up on Zay Poppy them, like all the big time teams who was running the SBA or whatever the case. 
You you know you're doing something good whenever the administration team was mad at you. I remember they was mad at y'all taking too many mid ranges. They said like, I was like, man, they they crazy. And then, hey, you um, forgot about uh baby Wade. Oh, oh, yo, yo, whatever happened to baby Wade? Hey, I love I love to know, bro. Like, I mean, he moved from uh Kansas from he he I think he was living in like Kansas or somewhere like that. But man, he was hilarious, man, oh. and. And Bro, that picture you remember I, the picture I was on the Facebook. I, I swear, Bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. For, I'm gonna find it so we can pop it up on the YouTube. Bro, that's the most. Yo, I will never forget that picture. I still like if I ever come across it, I'm gonna die laughing again, bro. Hey, I couldn't. Every time I seen you, I I couldn't help but to start laughing, man. But he was at that time. He was a a, a damn good two K player, though. Like I mean, but yeah, that back then, especially I mean. You look at the wreck in fifteen. It was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with that man. But, but yeah, man, I'm swear I'm gonna find that picture, and, and I, I swear everybody gonna get a good laugh out of that. Bro, that that is, bro. People come from that era, like it, it instantly gonna die. But crazy thing about Baby Wade, I never forget. Uh, we we were supposed to play y'all or whatever the case, and somebody told me they was like. Which I had noticed it, but I never tuned in. They was like, he only go left. Right. And I said, I, I, I said, I said, hold up. He only going left. And then you start noticing things like that. Now, I, I think that's whenever I really started to get into the background and stuff like where I'm currently at in my career, you know what I'm saying, with coaching or whatever the case. Um, Because back then it was just video games, man. You turn it on, you play. It, it wasn't it wasn't as advanced as, as it was today, but that's really whenever I start working towards uh, helping it and let my boys understand, like, yo, he only go left. Let's play him this way, and it really tapped into my mind. There's a, a still a step a step ahead because you know back then the consensus was there's the NBA and there's 2K and they're totally different. But I'm right. slowly it, it things you start picking up on over the years. But but no, nah, I never forget. Um, what, so y'all went lost or whatever, and then I picked you up the next season. We was talking. Um, you ran uh, ABL G League also, if I'm not mistaken, like the D League or whatever the case. It was called the D League back then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was D League then. It, it was D League, yeah. So, and I'm like, I'm telling my boy, I'm like, I'm telling now, yo, we picking up the center. He played with the mask, the dude with the Monte shot. That, that's Kurt, I've been talking to him. <laughs> so, uh, we bring we bring you in, and uh, we was young at the time, bro. I think at that time I was, at that time I was 20. I was 20 years old. Everybody know I'm 26 right now. 26 years old. Back then I was I was 20. So that's about six years ago. I was young. I I, I never forget I ain't even hit my 21st birthday. And uh you was a lot older. So for us, it was it, it was dope having that older figure from the fact that you, you knew a lot more, you brought a lot of knowledge to the team. Then it was fun calling you old, man, cracking jokes, you know, things like that. So uh it was it was literally like like family as soon as you stepped into the group or whatever the case and um and then from there we played boys I mean our, our connection got deep to the fact I we knew about Spike everybody asking how your son doing um everybody asking uh wait this is it right man just yeah. talk bro uh, oh yeah talk, man. no I was about to say everybody I was about to say Donald but I ain't know how do I say yeah like yeah that's the time yeah that, yeah, I mean, yeah 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 so yeah, so yeah, me meeting your uh, your wife or whatever the case, you know, I I ain't know exactly, you know, what I'm saying I ain't know exactly what's going on, but yeah, me meeting your wife or uh, whatever at the uh, at the time, it was it was crazy. Um, uh, definitely drew a bond throughout the game. So, 
And the crazy part is we was just playing as players. We didn't know how good our work relationship was, you know what I'm saying, until you really you really toned in from season three. And he said, I know for you, you said, yo, ABL do stats. Uh, and I was like, yeah, they do stats or whatever. He was like, yo, they use a system called my stats or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, bet, let's do it. And me being a commissioner, uh, creator, everything, I never forget you hit me. It, it was it was league day. I'm telling people league about to start, and you was like, "We doing stats?" And you was telling me, "Yo, like, yo, it's good. We can do stats this season. Bring it all together." And I'm like, "Cool." I'm like, "Yo, we ready?" He like, "Now nah, I gotta make the schedule," and I'm like, "Make the schedule?" I'm like, "What you talking about, Kurt?" So I so uh, you was like, "Yeah, bro, I got you a login. Let's look into it or whatever the case." So I looked and, and I was like. No, what if we just make it as we go along? And he was like, that could work. Yeah. And then from there, we started the season. I think uh, whole season three, uh, you did stats yourself, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what we absolutely <laughs> – I will say that's what we absolutely took that next level jump. It's still to this day, and people ask me, well, why do I think we, we, we at where we at? I would say it was the stat system. From people, from playing 15 to only thing you have was that side-by-side screenshot to actually being able to go to an actual website and see exactly what you averaged. It, it was amazing. People fell in love with it. People were saying, we and we took that concept of numbers, all defensive first team, all NPBA first team, all this, all that, all this. And that's what elevated from there. Uh, we went on to season four, um, and at that time, we had, we had our peak. And uh, the crazy part throughout all this, we're doing everything for free. No compensation, just the love of the game. Me, you, Wes. Um, from there, uh, I remember you really told us, like, yo, let's um, let's use our players as stars. We're putting different players on graphics. Me, from my side, I- I'm steady hitting the competitive community. I remember um, our first money tournament in 2K16. I'm in JT Inbox. I'm in Dom's Inbox. Dimes invite me to parties and stuff on Xbox. And we really, we really trying to focus on making not MPBA the funnest experience, but the best, the best pro am experience possible in the most competitive league. Uh and that, that was tough for us as a league, I will say. Now we'll say we I ain't gonna say dropped off. We just switched our demographic to some of the casuals we had at the beginning, they fell off. Cause uh we did. We went from a free platform to uh a, a buy-in type platform because we honestly wanted to be the most competitive pro-am league in the world. And, and slowly one competitive player about the next competitive player. And uh, it just kept absolutely blowing up, absolutely blowing up. To, yeah. To- the, I mean, the, the thing about it was, I mean, it, it was uncommon at that time. I like to be able to, yeah, you could say you beat somebody, but you couldn't, you couldn't show nobody what you did. Like once, Absolutely. once again, you know, if you didn't say the screenshots or whatever, and we and, and post them in a the Facebook group, it's whatever. But for it to be able to live and be able to go back and see it, and at that time when you start talking about separating, uh, I guess our day ones, uh, you know, you can say a blend of casuals because after a while they kind of fell off. I mean, once the once the soup started coming in with dimes and majestic and uh you know at the time it was Hoff. Uh <laughs> yeah, that was his name then. Peroxide. Peroxide. But you know, the all once they started coming in, then most of the people they died off. Like it was like they didn't they didn't want that smoke. So they they dipped. I mean, and it, it was uh it was a fun time. I mean, shoot, I sitting there creating 
graphics. I go back and look at some of them trash. Most of them look trash. <laughs> yeah, hey, you was you you was making them, man. I remember uh, I was. You remember I made the MPBA logo with the uh, with, with, like, with, on the Android, a beat up Android on like a a little random app cropping out backgrounds, man. It it was crazy. Yeah, I didn't even know that much. I mean, shoot, mostly. Man, I don't learn. I learned so much in that seven year span, like from then to now, because I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about nothing about no grad. I used to now Dan, who used to run the ABL, like he was a, a graphic art artist. Like he was a wizard. Yeah. Like he he did all that. And I was never going to be at the level. And the funny thing about it, he was only 19 when he started the uh, the ABL. Like he literally was a kid like running it and then it was another guy and then it was me that was it i mean so to take both of those worlds and be able to put them together now you got the best now you got some of the best talent they're playing at that the 5v5 mode of 2k you got the stats you got the graphics you got the articles like you got we got the website and leading into the website was the funny story man uh you know, we oh, had some, we had, yeah, yeah. I, I, ain't, I ain't no, no names to be mentioned uh, doing, doing this, but he, um, we had somebody build out the website. <laughs> Wes found this guy <laughs> to do the website. <laughs> Wes? <laughs> he does the website and, uh, you know, he's doing it like, we offered him what, like how much like that he wanted to do it. He said he didn't have no problem doing it. And then when he got done, he wanted to charge us X amount of dollars. So now, he basically, now, 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 I'm gonna jump in real. This this is what happened. So, but you 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 right on track. So basically, like you said, he said he would do it for free, absolutely free. Um, uh, and I don't know what happened. Um. I think it was an argument or something or whatever, but it was nothing too crazy. Yeah, let me tell y'all, LT had a he had a a, a good way of pissing people off, <laughs> where they they take stuff the wrong way. Because back then we wasn't communicating through Discord or you know it no voice channels or nothing. It's just basically you reading the text, and if you took it the wrong way, then it was what it was. Like that was it. Absolutely, and I and I can't remember. I, I'm gonna I'm keep it 100 type of person. I would tell y'all what I said, but it was in the context of what some Kurt or uh, West would know is it, not that deep or whatever. But he said he was good. We was joking. He threw a little jab back at me, so I'm thinking it is what it is. But um, I guess it wasn't what it was. So he kind of <laughs> yo he changed yo he took the page hostage. We got everything we done worked up for all running through this Facebook page. I mean, uh, this uh, Wix. Wix. It was Wix. Yeah, it was Wix. Uh, Wix page. We got everything we done built, the whole platform. Statistics was all on my stats, so those were safe. But we we got a cabillion hits on the website. We really stepping into that next level. And he just hijacked the page. Uh, originally, I mean, he was the one that made it because we didn't know nothing about website design. We was just some African-American brothers who, who didn't know much, still new to the space, trying to learn things. And uh, he was like, he was like, um, <laughs> i never forget it because I was the one he told. He was like, give me $300 and you can have your website back. And I'm like, yo, what, like, what, what's up? So I'll never forget, I hit the group chat and uh, 
I hit the group chat and uh, <laughs> between Kurt was like, "LOL, you see what you did?" And I'm like, "Man, not." And I'm hitting Wes. I was like, "Wes, you brought this dude in here. He, he, right. he." I ain't gonna say what I said at that time. We, I was a lot, <laughs> but I ain't gonna tell you what I said. I ain't say nothing back to Wes, but I called dude the name. I was like, "Man, you brought this dude in here. He, 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 all crazy and stuff, man. Blah blah blah." And Wes was like, "You know, Wes, cool, calm, collective. Well, LT." Look like we gotta pay him. And I said, man, I hit my chair, but um we was we we was in the profit back then, even when we switched over the money or whatever the case, we didn't we 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 never made like a lot of profit even from our first season. So 300 was about what we made on the season. So we ended up just taking that capital, paying a man. He he gave us the password and we kind of kept it pushing from there. Never heard of him. Yeah, never, never, never heard, never heard. He was from Ohio. I met you. Hold on, you remember his name? I, I, I remember his name, buddy. I, I, his name was Buddy. His name was Buddy. <laughs> I know his last name too. I never forget it. I was mad, bro. When I say I was mad, I man, I was mad. I was young, hot headed. I, I was angry. Yeah, now, now going forward, like, I mean, you know, we went from, from that. Still, still running the NPBA. We get an opportunity uh, to work for Bucks GG. Like, I mean, that was uh, what opened the door for us. And actually, I think that what they sent the email to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Andrew Buck. Andrew Buck hit me on Twitter, or whatever the case. Um, he me on Twitter. He was like, "Hey, do you got time to talk?" Blah blah blah. blah. So I hop on a call with Andrew, and I was like, "Hey, um, NPBA and what I'm doing. It's a two man show." Well, uh, at that point, it was a two man show because Wes, Wes, uh, departed us. Yeah. yeah, Wes branched out. He created Nap X or whatever the case. So it was just me and you, and uh, we had became pretty successful. Uh, running running seasons, Xbox, PlayStation. Wes was missed. Don't get me wrong, but uh, we we had we had recovered from there. And I was like, yo, this is a two man show or whatever the case. Um, do you mind if we get uh my partner? He was like, oh. Yeah, I didn't know I would have branched out to both of y'all. I don't, I don't mean no disrespect. And I think he told you the same once we got you on the phone. And I was like, nah, it's all good. We, we appreciate you giving us the opportunity, whatever the case. And uh, and from there, from my understanding, we all three of us hopped on the call. And uh, that that's kind of where it started. They honestly asked us what was we looking to do with the NBA 2K League. And I, I never forget it, man. I was in a mindset where, where – um, just being a little Mississippi kid, bro, I would have mopped the floor. Like, like that's an NBA franchise. Like, I like I was young, still young. I was like, yo, I'll do anything. Blase, blase. I know the community. Um, which he said that was the reason they reached out to me, uh, to us. It was the fact that we knew the community. We knew the players that was coming in. At that time, um, I don't think WR WR was there, but they was only on PlayStation side, but they wasn't as big as they currently are. So we really own kind of the market when it came to competitive pro-am scene. So we had watched games upon games upon games, and they simply wanted to know who was good and who wasn't good. And that kind of started our chapter there with the Bucks. Um, and then from there, um, it gave us our first opportunity to meet in person. I think what right. we uh, – I don't know if you if you feel comfortable with us saying uh a whole a whole first contract ordeal compensation. I don't know how you yeah, feel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a, a learning opportunity. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, there it is. I mean, oh. like you know, that's that's how I put it. I mean, but you know, 
I I still like I give them a big credit because they they gave us our first opportunity like to meet each other, uh, like to work together, like physically, like I mean, and just experience like what it could be like. I mean, personally, um, I felt like I felt like we put a pretty good team together with Larry O'Leary, Drake, uh, STLA, um, Big Meek, Big Meek, Peroxide, uh, Peroxide. Like I mean. But it, you know, once we once once we did that, I mean, we were pretty much out the door. I mean, so that kind of changed the complexion of everything. But I think just giving us that opportunity, like it gave us something to look forward to. I uh, mean, absolutely. So yeah, it was like I mean, in the same thing. Like and now, you know, with you being with Mavs GG, like you know, talk about that process and like what it was like when you when you got the job. Oh man, I I'll never forget it, man. So. Uh... Uh, I backtrack a little bit to the Buck situation. Coming off the Buck situation, um, I think I think me and you, we was we were still on, on the same path, but we branched off a little bit. I know you was really you really started networking, working on yourself, working on your brand or whatever the case. And I know you was actively looking for a job. On my end, I think my main focus, uh, well, it was both our focus, but uh, I, I was more in PBA trying to figure out what I was going to do now that I left the military. So once yeah. I got the Bucks GG gig. I did start transitioning out of the military, whatever the case. I did my contract. Uh, I, I decided to get out. Um, and then it was kind of like finding myself and my footing uh, based on what I was doing. Uh, at that time, financially through MPBA, we was doing pretty pretty well to a point I could put food on the table, food my belly, maybe pay a little rent um, or whatever <laughs> the case. So uh, it, it was to the point to where I, I was really trying to figure it out. I had my GI Bill, um, still got it to this day. I was trying to decide exactly what it, it was like that not midlife it was like one of them things to where i was trying to find myself right. i was trying to find myself so um i'm not gonna lie to you um i seen you got the uh the brooklyn job or whatever the case um uh i know you had a lot of people reach out for you and you actively telling me hey i'm putting you on but like you would tell me and i'll be like yeah i know bro trying to, like kurt that's my man he trying to put me on but i don't know like i i can't i can't sit around here and wait I'm um, not saying I wasn't trying to help myself because I definitely was, but I kind of got discouraged. Uh, I would say that I wasn't, I wasn't actively, I wasn't as active in, in trying to reach for it as much as you. It was more of, it was more of like opp- opportunities are limited. I can't have my life on halt uh, for whatever the case. So I'm not going to lie. Um, so basically what, what ended up happening, um, you did a job, uh, you got the job with the Nets. Um, I think then the Hawks, with, with the Hawks reached out to you. Um, you then sent them my way. So I did a, uh, my first interview with them. I think that was my first contact from an NBA 2K league team. And I was stoked. Um, I was stoked. I was living with my aunt at the time. And, and I think hearing, feeling them reach out sparked another interest in me. Like it really kicked me up. Yeah. To, cause to the, yeah let me tell y'all, cause LT was in a funk. Like he wasn't. Yeah. yeah I was, I he, was, he was at a crossroad, I, whether he, he know what he wanted to do. No, uh, it was it was it was tough, bro. I ain't gonna lie. And I was you know what I'm I was talking to you throughout the process. I'm like, bro, I never forget we was on the phone. I was like, bro, I think I'm about to just go back to school because like it, it, I wasn't pressed for money, like financially, I wasn't that pressed because like I said, we was making decent from uh MPBA and I also had my GI bill. If, if people don't know about the GI bill, they literally pay you to go to school. And I mean I was living with my aunt at the time and uh doing a lot for them. So it, I was, I had someone to stay like, like they love me though. Um, I got a real close knit family. So 
Going back to school was a real option, man. I could have focused on MPBA, building it up, making it bigger and better, and still got paid to go to college. Um, so I was good on that sense. So it was like, did I need the 2K League at that time? I, I didn't think I did. And it was also one of them things that uh, growing up from Mississippi, you don't think nobody from Mississippi going to do nothing like that. So uh, I wasn't I wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, I wasn't pressed or whatever the case. Uh, I didn't think it could happen, so I kind of got discouraged. But once OG sent me sent me that Hawks, um, I think he put me on with the Hawks. They reached out to me. I did my first interview. Uh, it sparked me, bro. I ain't gonna lie, it sparked me. I was like, I, it really became reachable, cause cause I will say I was a little bit. I was mainly discouraged from the Bucks job. Um, which now where I'm at now, I, I didn't grown to realize. I appreciate them for for giving us my first our first stepping stool into the industry, cause I think we did all right so far. Um, I was discouraged, man, cause uh. Those guys I drafted, I was close to them. Uh, that first Buck season, uh, they didn't do as well. But a lot of players, I was that mentor guy, the vent guy they would call, and I would talk players to situations. So I was doing a lot behind the scene. But the way me being on the inside now, I know the way how the NBA worked financially and whatever. They just didn't have the the they 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 didn't have enough budgeted to where they could bring somebody on. I fully understand that now, but. I was in the mindset of I'm doing a lot behind the scene for no, for no compensation whatsoever. But but now that I always I see that just that resume stamp then kind of helped me from there. So I I mean I ain't no, by no means salty, but at that time the way that ended or whatever the case I was I was not happy. So that kind of led me to 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 be in my funk, but my bad to get back on track. OG, it was, a te- it was a teaser, man. Like it, it, it was. You got, it, it, you got a little taste, man, and then like it's like taking a candy from a kid. A kid, you know what I'm saying? Like they take a take it to look on the sucker a little bit and then snatch it from him. Like I mean, that's kind of what it felt like to a degree. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And then it's then it's like the hope. Um, even if they up front with you, you, you secretly think you're gonna go in there and do such a great job, and and something gonna open up, and that 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 wasn't that wasn't the case, man. And I'm just young and whatever. So, you threw me on with the Hawk show. It, it lit that fire. Um, I'm a real motivational worker. So once that fire lit, I can knock out a million things, and I'm the best worker possible. I get my funk while I'm like, and eh, I'm working my own pace sometimes. But when that fire lit is lit, so that lit the fire in me, and from there, um. From there, uh, the math job kind of opened up. Um, that was maybe a week after the Hawks job. It wasn't even long enough to where I did a follow-up interview or anything. So by the time he probably even – by the time I did the Hawks interview, it was like maybe a week later I did the Mavs. And the Mavs process was so fast um, that it was crazy. But um, the way that went Derek, – Derek reached out to me. Uh, Derek uh, Franklin, uh, famous – he reached out to me. He was like, hey, the uh, the Mavs just hit me up um, about you asking for a reference. And I'm like, word, okay. Excuse me. I'm like, all right, bet, bet, bet. Say no more. So from there, uh, a guy named Trey Christensen, uh, he messaged me on um, on Twitter or whatever the case, uh, asked for my number, things like that. So we talked. I talked to him for a little bit, and we decided to set up an interview with our vice president, uh, still vice president, uh, Gresson. Greg Nart. So um, at that time, I'm, I'm kind of stoked, but things ain't really settling in like as much. So I do an interview with Greg, a lot of basic interview questions for the most part. Uh, I'm spewing my knowledge because at that time, still to this day, where I was in the pro-am community, uh, I will frankly say that was probably, I can count on one hand the amount of people 
that, that had knowledge in the pro-am community as much as I did. I was that guy who was studying the way Fab dribbles. I was studying the way Wolf locked people up back then. I was studying which ways Dimes went. I know what team was playing what night. I know the game plan. I could tell what they was talking about. I can tell who watched film and who didn't. So I think my knowledge of the game really stood out uh, to the mass, and they kind of um, – they reached out, and they uh, – then it was the, the flight out. They said, hey, we want to interview you in person. And by the end, it had really hit. I, it had it, it had really hit, and it was like, man, this just if I nailed this, like I could really, I could really do it. So I never forget. Woke up, my aunt took me to Pensacola, Florida, because while I live in Mississippi, um, I didn't want it to be a financial burden because there's we do got an airport in Gulfport, Mississippi, but flights are crazy expensive. So I ended up catching a flight from Pensacola, which is like an hour twenty away. Um, I was driving. I still got. I was in my Chevy Malibu. I still got the same 2017 Chevy Malibu. I was like, "Yo, drive me off to the airport. You can have my car. Go have fun or whatever." My I was talking to my aunt. I was like, "Yo, you can just drive my whip or whatever." So it was brand new at the time. It was 2017, 2018, or whatever the case. So she was like, "Bet." She took me to the airport. I flew out. Um, flight back to back, and I never forget. Um, I made it there before Trey and uh, I think it was John there at the time. John, uh, John Miller. Um. I got there and I and I FaceTime OG. I FaceTime OG and I was like, bro, I'm here, bro. This video is this building is crazy. I was like, yo, own all the tie title, bro. Like what? Yeah. Like look at this. And he was like, that. he was like, he looked at me out nothing. He's like, man, take that shit off, man. And I said, okay. Oh, I, I, so I, I'm sitting there on the sidewalk, and if anybody know about the math facility, it's in Deep Elm Dallas. It's kind of, it, it's a nice area, but it's kind of, it's kind of rough. A lot of homeless or whatever the case. So I'm sitting there on the street, like in the middle next to the facility, I, taking off my, uh, taking off my tie, whatever. I threw it in the bottom of my book bag, and I'm like, Yo, how I look? I got the phone on the phone, OG. Like, am I? Right? Am I? Right? He like, Yeah, you good? You good? So. Um, I, I go in, I bang out the interview uh, with Trey or whatever the case. Then Greg Nard come over. He take me out to lunch um, as a team, uh, faculty, whatever. Dimes come up, dap me up. And he's like, that. hey, how you been? Um, that's been my boy for a while. Um, then Greg take me across the street to a coffee shop. We do a little one-on-one. And, man, the longest week of my life happened when I went back <laughs> to Mississippi, bro. Longest week, longest week of my life, bro talking to a girl at the time or whatever the case. I'm telling her, like, yo, I might be leaving. I go back home. I'm telling my mom, like, it went good. They flew me out. I'm, I'm telling my aunt it went good. Uh, they flew me out or whatever the case. Um, yo, longest week of my life. So about three days went by. Uh, I think I got back at maybe like a Sunday. So it's like Tuesday. I haven't heard nothing. They made an offer there in Dallas. We shook on it. We looked each other in the eye, and I said, bet. So I'm I, I knowing I kind of got the job Thursday. It's like four days and went by. Nothing. I'm like, yo, I'm hitting him. He say, yeah, we working on I'm like, yo. Like, it, like for me, as a, as a kid from the South Mississippi, from the hood, until the paperwork is signed, like, it's hard for somebody like me to believe at that point. I don't yeah. think stuff like this is real. But despite I'm seeing OG already signed with the team, though, so I'm I'm seeing a, a living testimony that is real. I was just playing with OG when he was at the uh, the the home or the uh, the home he was working at the on the game. Yeah, the group, yeah, the group home. home. I'm like, so I see the living testimony that is real, but like I'm still not believing it. So uh, that next Monday come a full seven days, they say, I just got your apartment, got your keys, you good to go, and I just filled the Malibu up. To the T, bro. To the T. Filled it up in about 40 minutes. Um, 
you know, I said, I said bye to nobody in my family. Mm. Nobody. I, I'm a whore, horrible at goodbyes. Horrible. Worst person you ever meet. People get sentimental. They cry first and I get a little, uh, little uh, whatever the case. So I, when I leave, I never say bye to nobody. I leave in the middle of the night because uh, they get sentimental on me. I call them whenever I'm four hours up the road and say I'm out. So I didn't say I, I didn't say bye to no my nobody. Didn't even see my mom, but she knew I was leaving sometime within that couple of days. So uh, she lived probably thirty minutes away from where I was living with my aunt. So she knew. So had seen her that week or whatever. So so uh, moved on to Dallas and and that was man trying to change the culture when I got there. So yeah, now I mean obviously. Uh... Like the reaction, like from people from your hometown when you got the job, like, I mean, what, like, what was that like? Bro, it's crazy, OG. People still finding out day by day. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a social media guy, bro. I'm, I'm the type that stay on social media in terms of scrolling content. I love viewing content. I love watching your content and other, other, other one of our boys' content, so whatever the case. But I don't post. Like, I right. really need to learn how to tweet. I need to share things with my life. I just don't do it. It's just not in me. I think my problem is I think every time I'm about to tweet or post something or whatever the case, like me working for the Mavs and being a figure that I am kind of now just, just represent more than, than just me. I kind of don't want to offend people and I got to work on that. That's what I've been kind of working on. So I, I overthink my tweet sometimes. Uh, I don't tweet at all. So uh, people still finding out, man, people, a lot more people know, but, um, they they still figuring out, man. As I share information, we just did the uh, the next DC Black History Month. And I kind of shared the post on there, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people hit me up on message like, "Yo, you you with the Mavs? You the coach?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in gaming or whatever." So it, it's just more of so at the time, not many people really really understood the concept, and those who did, who was close to me, I did let them know, and I had to explain it from there. But overall, town consensus. My sister and everybody still back in my hometown. People do know me as the Mavs game and 2K guy. But uh, in terms of, like, local media and stuff, they didn't cover it. Nothing too crazy. But I, I think a lot of that is on me. I'm a lot more open than I was at the time. I just be trying to go with the flow. I'm the type to to, to play the backseat until, until I uh, get to where I need to be. So if Dallas won the championship this year, oh, yeah, bro, I'm going to be everywhere. I'll be everywhere on every page, posting every day. So um, hey, well, I can't, I, I can't speak on that because I ain't, I ain't even beat you yet. So, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, we had a, we had a good one last year, man. That, that late start, I think we was uh, y'all first team after that delay start. So like, it put yeah. you in a tough spot, coaching wise. It did. Yeah, I think uh, I, I know we had the one game and then turned it over, and uh, and the, the last possession and that pretty much took us out the game, but. I mean, it, it it's been a fun ride, bro. Like, I mean, we I think we still getting, we still just getting started. You know, our league is young. Although it seemed like, man, I mean, at the time seemed like it's flying because one one minute we was doing this 2014 going into 2015. Now you look up it's 2021, and you oh, you know we both in our second you know going into our third season, uh, the 2K league, man. It's, it's just like, I mean, everybody talks about the negativities of social media, uh, the negatives of, of people, of kids gaming and stuff. But here it is. It's done brought me some of the best, you know, people that I've met in my life. Like, I mean, and, and arguably, I mean, changed 
my entire life. So, I mean, I, I just think it's all about what you do with it. I think, I don't know, it's amazing to this day how we just all stuck together and uh, through everything and just and, and made some stuff happen. I mean, at this point of the show, LT, this is uh, OG wants to know. Oh, okay. OG. <laughs> it's uh, rapid fire questions, answer right. open and honestly as possible. Um, biggest influence. What you mean? How you kind of lost something? Like, like biggest, biggest influence. Uh, person. Uh, yeah. Oh, my, LeBron. I, I, I'd say LeBron. Oh well. I no no. I'm rephrased. I, I'd probably say my mother and LeBron. <laughs> okay. Uh, what motivates you? Um, a championship and uh, bringing bringing happiness to people uh, around me. I would say that. All right. Favorite uh, favorite video game of all time. NBA 2K9. Got you. Favorite sports team? Uh, Tennessee Titans. I, I knew that. Tighten up. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> uh, sir. F- favorite athlete? LeBron James. King James, baby. <laughs> favorite actor and actress? Oh, man. Uh, kind of go um, actor. That's uh, Man, that's a tough one. I would have to say... Oh, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to start with actress, and I'm going to say Megan Good. Okay. Um, childhood crush, absolute, just gorgeous. Right. Um, male actor, I would have to say, bro, that is a tough one. I would have to say maybe, I guess, Idris Elba. I, he dope. Every time okay, I watch, okay. Celebrity crush. Celebrity crush, bro. Oh, man. Um. Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I feel like Megan Good is a cop out. Um, but <laughs> I think I think I gotta go. I think I gotta go. Uh, Megan Good. That was the first. That, that was my first, bro. That was my first. My first love. <laughs> <laughs> hey, f- favorite anime series? Oh man, hey, fire! Oh, that's bro. It's too many to name, bro. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho. Gotta go with Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay, favorite gaming console? Uh, Xbox One. Uh, Xbox One for the nostalgia, but because that's when uh, we first got into MPBA and 2K. But of course, Series X is amazing. So. Hey, bro, you know I still got my uh, my brick. I'm I'm a bronze it. Oh, the uh, the big uh, bro, I gave it to one, I gave mine to one of my cousins. He pawned it. Nah, mine died on me, <laughs> so I still got it. Um. What would you be doing if you wasn't doing what you're doing right now? Uh, I, I would put every ounce of time in the MPBA, every ounce of time to just just keep giving players platform to showcase their skills. I, I would get creative with it also. Um, if I wasn't with the mouth, every every second would probably go towards MPBA. Got you, got you, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Let let everybody know uh, how they can follow you, your team. And everything that has to do with LT and, and Mavs game. Got you. Um, feel free to follow me at Tywin, uh, T-O-I-J-U-I-N. I may do a social media change soon because uh, a lot of people don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, follow at Mavs GG, uh, Dallas Mavericks, NBA 2K uh, esports team at Mavs GG. Um, Tywin Fairly on Facebook. That's T-O-I-J-U-I-N. So there it is, man. I appreciate you, OG. Nah, no doubt. Hey, matter of fact, I mean, make sure y'all follow. Y'all can follow NPBA at, MB, at NPBA2K on Twitter. 
uh, as well and be on the lookout uh, sometime this year for new events and different things like that coming up. And I will say, if you do have any interest in helping or, or looking for some money on the side or whatever the case, in PBA, we do need more people. So feel free to reach out to me, OG, or anybody on Twitter. So. Got you, got you, man. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, as usual, we always be in touch. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, OG, man. You have an amazing night. All right. Hey, for everyone listening uh, or, or watching uh, this episode, um, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can listen to the audio uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, follow the OG Two Cents podcast on social media. Um, that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OG Two Cents Podcast. Uh, follow me on social media at OG King Kurt. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can go to www.ogkingkurt.com for everything the OG Two Cents Podcast and myself, OG King Kurt. Uh, big shout out to my team, Strider Visuals, Box Graphics, and Cy Evermore. Uh, for continuing to making the show what it is each and every week. Uh, you can check me out on Esports Extra every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's with host Larry Ridley, uh, the crew, Kelly Wells Brinkley, Antonio Williams, Durham Royale, and Kevin Mamouzette. Uh, that's Esports Extra on twitch.tv slash compete forever. And you can find us on YouTube and Facebook. Um, Make sure you catch next week's episode. And remember, if it makes sense, it's an OG two cents. OG out. Let's put this work in, fellas. And much, much, much love to the entire 2K community for always showing me love. Without y'all, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.